What's up guys? Thanks for tuning in to Caffeine and Cardboard as usual. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say usual, but as, as you know, we are Connor and Rodney. Well, you could say usual, just don't say like regular. Re- yeah, regular's wrong, frequent is wrong. But yeah. It's always been us two, so it's you true. can bet on that. If and you ever hear a podcast, and we're by working us. on it, guys. We for anyone who has listened enough to care about how how kind of sporadic our releases of pods or videos has mm-hmm. been. Uh, thank you. Don't leave us. Yeah, we'll do better. Stay around. Yeah. We are kind of working out what we want our channel to be, mm-hmm. what we're pressing into, what we're taking a step back from. Uh, but something that we definitely want to talk about today is something slay that, the spire, the board game. No. <laughs> We did enough talking about that, and other people did enough talking to us about that in the comments. We're not talking about Slay the Spire. We're talking about a concept that I actually haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing in what might actually be our first original idea for a podcast. I didn't think think we'd ever have one. Me neither. I just thought we would be a bunch of copycats. Yeah. We're we're all about about those C alliterations. Caffeine and cardboard, copycat. We're just... Just wait until nine people send us links to other people who've done this. But I really think... I love this idea of yours. You brought it up recently um, uh, in a few games that we were playing. Yes. And it's this idea for replayability. You know, you hear these different buzzwords, but this is something I I think pretty unique. What's your coined. I think I've coined the phrase book club game Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is a game a board game card game whatever that you can play over and over again regularly with the same person or group of people and it will not get old and we have it's funny that because the kind of personality that i have even though connor came up with this um and it's completely his idea I still disagree with him on one part of his own definition of his own thing, which is I think it's a group thing only because I don't think you have a book club if you have one other person. But but I, I think they go together because I think that the magic you get from playing the same game over and over and over again with the same one person mm-hmm. is hard to get with a group. And to me, that's where this idea lights up. Oh, yeah. it's that. It's that, but with three, four, five people and yes. games that aren't necessarily made for two but yeah. I think it'd be a lame book club. Let's just say that right. if you've got a, a book club, we'd of be book, two, we'd be book buds, book buddies. Yeah. <laughs> but that one, uh, people don't know what that is. So that's right. So whether it's and two people you later, or 10, you tell them you have one and you've got a book buddy. That's right. <laughs> that sounds like, uh, what you, what you do in the library in school. Like when you go to the library, it's free yeah. time. It's free but time, you but book you, buddy. you need to have your book buddy. And your book you. buddy needs to be We're with not you at talking all about times. Book buddy board games. We're talking about as much as we love alliteration here. We're talking about <laughs> book club games. What, what kind of made you think of this? So it was actually, I was doing our not quite preview, but should you back video for Zuvatis, mm. the implementation of Quo Vadis, an old yep. Reiner Knizia design. And I was watching other people play it. I was learning more about it. And I was like, man, this could take the spot for me of Catan, which is a game I've loved for a long time. It's what got me into the hobby. But the reason I love it so much is because there's a group of people who I could get together and we could always play it. So that would be uh, my girlfriend, Taylor, uh, one of our friends, Cassie, one of our friends, Alex. The four of us could all get together, yeah. play Catan every time we hung out, and we would not get tired of it. And I was watching stuff, like I said, about Zuvatis, and I was forming my own thoughts about it. And without even having played it, I was like, 
that is a game that I want to play with the same group every week forever until I stop liking board games or until I die. You know what's so wild? As you're describing that to me, it dawns on me. Before I knew what a good board game was, I had board game book clubs. Mm. In college, we would get together and play, you know, because we're as... Uh, subversive and interesting as any other group of mild white people we would play apples to apples but like be a little edgy you know what i mean this was pre-cards against humanity yeah no probably was honestly i don't know how the release dates of those if that's even accurate but pre-us knowing about that yeah And, and but the thing was we would all look forward to playing that pretty bad game pretty base i mean there's not a lot of flair to it it's pretty no, basic not really. and again it's only fun if you're being offensive and but you like liked that. it why well the same group yeah. would get together and we would play and we we wore our copies of that out and so i'm saying it, it, it seems like this inverse relationship that the more i'm getting into board games the more amazing board games i know about the less likely i have been mm-hmm. to have something like this and we even have a, a group that will get together often. It can be kind of a rotating group. We've rarely played the same game again. We've rarely played the same game again. And so I'm going to talk in a little while about my complicated relationship with this idea and how it. I think it's everything I want and all my behaviors push me away from it. And that's just a little, uh, maybe I'll lay down on the couch. You'll talk me through it. We'll mm-hmm. figure out when in my childhood it began. But for the meantime, let's talk about it actually happening and, and yeah. what, what it actually is. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, basically I, I want us to bring back the book club games, right? I, mm-hmm. want, I want people to figure out what game they could play with the same group because ultimately that's what we're doing here this is the theme we always go back to is how do we get people around the table talking to each other being in relationship and i think a book club type game is a way that you do that so i mentioned zuvatis already recently after i did that video you got your hands on a copy of glory to realm and i said the same thing about that after we played it i could see actually i could see the four of us you me barry and jake getting together once a week playing glory to Rome and almost having this running competition and the different combos and the way the game playing out being so different and so replayable enough to the point that it was like hey tuesday glory to Rome, i'm gonna get you next time yeah that kind of conversation i'm gonna get you next time right if someone just if someone walks by and hears that first of all they want to check to make sure the person's okay yeah what does it mean he's gonna get you it really not murder (laughs) yeah not murder you um it really becomes this shared language. Mm-hmm. Having the same game becomes a shared language. People who, and that's the thing is, for all the jokes I make at Catan's expense, this is the, this is the thing I'm missing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get together, or in the past got together, played a lot of Catan together, enjoyed themselves while doing it, and me, on the other hand, I'm sitting over here like, there's a million games better than that. And I've played and you were a right. lot of them, and I was right, but I wasn't getting to have that shared experience over and over again. I was just, you know buying games, playing them once, selling them, buying the next game, and Mm -hmm. and going through what is really this like insane process. People who play Catan over and over again, they 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 can talk about longest road and they can talk about the difference of it and and they can have shorthand for it. Mm -hmm. You know Remember that time when I did that thing and I stole Longest Road and I won the game. Right. And then next week it's like, yeah, you thought that was gonna win it for you again. Mm -hmm. But no and there becomes this shared language and not mm-hmm. just language but you know full experience yeah um, i love that idea you know. i love the idea of that being something that's a part of my gaming experience and also that evolving like that game that doesn't have to stay the same game like i said until i die 
but I yeah. love the idea of finding these games and playing the crap out of them. <laughs> like, yeah. To just to just put it in no wearing wearing terms. Them out. Like Get I want to wear it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to find a game that I literally want to play hundreds of times with the same group of people, and for that to almost be like part of our part of our relationship. Something that I can almost fall back on. Uh, you know, in the middle of a lull in someone's relationship with me, I can say, "Hey, you know, we're getting together again. Why don't we? Why don't we bust out Catan? Why don't we bust out Zubatis or Glory to Rome or whatever it might be for that group?" Yeah. And I think you can have different groups, right? I don't think it has to be. You know, it's not an exclusive thing. I might yeah. have a book club game with my gamer friends, and I might have a book club game with some of my more beginner, intermediate. We we friends. do this all the time, right? The who'd play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, framework that we use we got beginners we got our intermediate kind of cool friends we've got our gamer 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 friends right they'll play heavy strategy on mars da, da, da. and yeah the idea of having different uh book club games for each of those groups or for, yeah. for different you know varieties you know what's, what's dawning on me and what was dawning on me as i thought about us talking about this is i think that this experience you describe is the reason why I buy so many games and I'm always looking at games. I, I It's almost like this this holy grail search for mm. the game mm, that's going to keep bringing us back. But the problem is I, I now seem to have this ingrained habit where I, I, I have them, right? If I look behind me, I'm going to see Hansa Teutonica. I'm going to see, you know, I'll give another example. Um I, I think Babylonia inish for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't be I, giving too much away here. No, no, I'm 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 intentionally going off of my uh, top six or away from my top six list. But but so many games that it's like you know what, those games have legs, man. They could get played and replayed, mm-hmm. and, and you could learn your group and how they play and all that kind of stuff. But it's like I'm 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 stuck in search mode mm-hmm. and never actually putting that to practice and yeah. a friend told me recently a friend that we play with he's kind of like i'd really like to start playing some games one on once and he wasn't being you know it wasn't contentious or anything it was just but i could tell it's kind of like it's tough to always be learning a new rule set and things like that there's something and, I, I don't want to i don't want to gussy this up more than it deserves but there's something also like beautiful about about just the same old game and playing it yeah. again and getting a different experience out of it and being willing almost like in a weird way like I trust that game I I trust it to do what it's done for me so many times over and over again and we almost don't trust some of the games that we buy and play and sometimes for good reason and maybe it's just not for you but the idea of uh, playing a big sprawling game like I think we love the idea of War of the Ring I think that could almost be a book club game between the two of us even only having played it once but it's such a big you know they made a book what of Lord of the Rings? I think that already was existed. I think that was already there. No, I know, but like it tell. I we'll talk after we're done. Yeah, recording. I'm not a big reader as much as Rodney is. So, um. well, <laughs> but but what what's dawning on me is I will even use this framework maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. when I want to get rid of a game. We'll play it. We'll I'll think about our experience. Uh, the Wolves the other night mm. got done playing that. I was like, you know. There's some things about this game I like. There's some things I don't like. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be my book club board game. I wasn't using that, but but I was in a way. I was like, oh, this won't get to the table a bunch of times. Let me sell it, get something new. But here's the problem: I sell it, I get something new. So now any games that do fall in that circle of the Venn diagram of like, hey, this could be a Mm -hmm. keep playing game, 
don't get played because now whatever new thing I bought with the one I got rid of mm. has to get played and it doesn't have to. But that's the thing I, I it's like I, I look, these games are so interesting. They're so exciting, but I think I'm chained to novelty in a way that I'd like to break. I was going to say, I think this points to something that's bigger than the hobby is just like the idea of like newness. I mean, we've alluded to it in videos before and in podcasts before, like the hotness on BGG changes yeah. daily. It changes yeah. every day. The order, the games that are on there every single day, it's because everyone, one, board game designers and publishers are fighting for their spot. Yeah. But uh, other people are, are seeking seeking the board game high, so to speak. They're looking for whatever experience they got that got them in the hobby. They're looking for that again in yeah. other games and in other games. And in new Which is ways. the definition of addiction. I mean, not to, sure. be, not to be cheeky, it just kind of is. But, you know... Right now, I think as we're talking, number one on the hotness, the Star Wars deck building game. Mm. And it really looks awesome because I, I like Star Wars well enough. It looks like an implementation of that universe that would look fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but when I think about it, I think, oh, could I play that a lot with with my wife, Riley? Could I play that a lot with Connor? Could I play that? I'm thinking about playing it over and over and over again, but I'm never playing games over and over and over again. And so... You know, sitting behind me is a collection that would be pretty modest by a collector's standpoint, mm-hmm. but pretty expansive by a normal board yeah. game, and I recognize that. So it's kind of like if I just pull the trigger and say, you know what, we are going to do an every Tuesday Glory to Rome, then it's like that nagging voice in the back of my head is like, well, when will you ever have time to play Dwellings <laughs> of Eldervale again? And it's just kind of like, but what, what's the point of any of this, right? Yeah. If we're, you know, if it's just a constant chasing novelty, um, you know, only madness that way lies, man. Like yeah. it just becomes sort of a. Well, it's interesting, right? Because this is part of what we what we consider in the equation when we're going to buy a game is how much re- replayability does it have, and will I play it more than once? Almost like yeah. as a cost benefit analysis. And yet, on the other side of the equal sign, that rarely bears out to be true. You will buy a game, really, at the end of the day, whether you end up playing it or not, even if that's hindsight. Even if you do only play, yeah. even if we have only played Wonderland's War once and we never play it again, you may have considered that when you bought it, but yeah, it's a foregone conclusion at the end of the day whenever or if you decide to sell it or a game that I might really, really love and want to play uh, that could become a book club game in my mind and I play it once and it's like, well, it, it really doesn't we don't factor it in as much as we think we really do when we're determining whether or not we want a game. Well, and when a game has to grab you the first minute you play it, or the first time you play it, you're creating a pretty impossible standard for games to live up to. You know, we did uh, a little bit of a kind of review type thing of Glory to Rome. It was really like a a first look, you know, we played it once or first impression, you should say. Someone uh, on Reddit rightly kind of called out like, <clears throat> hey, what value is a is a review of Glory to Rome if you only played it once? There's so much more to explore about the game. And the more I thought about it, I really kind of appreciated that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a really good call. And we weren't trying to do an expansive review, but but less about even just that, but just my gaming habits in general. It's like, how much do I actually know about the games I love? Sure, yeah. That fact alone, though, and I, I agree that that Reddit user rightly pointed that out, that fact alone, though, get it gets a it gets an extra you know gold star in my book because part of my whole determination is do I want to play it again literally right now right after which with Glory Rome you did had is it not there been more midnight, to be seen you know? yeah yeah and and that's the thing too is 
I think in modern board games, you get a lot of like, oh, there's more to be seen because like open this envelope and there's new cards to play with and stuff. And I, I like games like that. But I think of a game for me like Tigris and Euphrates where it's like, man, I could just keep playing that and playing that mm. and playing that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm going to say right now, we're about to do our top six. I left, if I remember correctly, I left Knizia's off because mm-hmm. I got in trouble one other time for having a Knizia Fest on my top six. And I, I vowed to probably never do that again. And <laughs> probably never. he's such a great example where his designs are so clever and stuff. It's like, okay, we got done playing this, but oh, next time maybe I go that route. Or next time maybe, mm. you know, if I see him doing that, I'll know next time. That means, you know, it's just the kind of stuff that you can't get in one play. You yeah. have to keep chewing on this thing and, and you got to keep pulling strings and seeing which other strings move. And I want to, man, I, you know, I almost started this pod by saying Happy New Year because people love when you say Happy New Year. Like anytime after the first week of January, they freak out. We're, we're you know recording this on March twelfth, um, but in some ways, I want to make it my board game resolution of twenty twenty three. To, and I've been buying games frantically recently, but again, you know, thinking could this be the one? Almost right. I want to take yeah. some games and play them. I, I want to play some games five, six, seven, ten times this year. And yeah. not just you know games that are pretty easy to do that with. I want to bust out some big box ones, even though, didn't we play that last week? Yeah, we did. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. Yeah, I love that. I love that framework, looking at games that way. What's a book club game again? Book club game? A book club game is a game that you could see yourself playing with the same group of people over and over again, maybe at the same time, same day, every week. You know, Every Tuesdays at 7, we get together and yeah. we play Merv. It doesn't doesn't matter what the game is. The way that uh, old ladies uh, get together for mahjong or bridge, or yes. uh, Jake's parents play euchre with another couple. Like I don't know if it's weekly or not, but it's quite often. That's so quite that's literally group. the 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 essence of a book club game. Same group, same game. We're gonna learn the game, but we're also gonna learn the other players at the table, mm-hmm. and it's just this common thread of this of this group you seem excited to to get into it so why don't you why don't you start with your number six no with my honorable mention. start with your honorable mention yeah start my with your honorable, honorable mention, mention is a game the second game you ever said this about and it is glory to rome hey i think uh i hesitate to put it in the top six because it's almost impossible to find we lucked out and by lucked out i mean we know andy uh, and so um, it, it's hard to put it on a list and tell people, yeah, you should go, you know, do a ongoing game of this because it's going to be hard to find. But mm-hmm. that's mine. Did you have an honorable mention? Or? I did have an honorable mention. It's a game I already mentioned earlier in the podcast. And the reason it's my honorable mention is because I have not played it and it's very new and it's Zuvatis. I just get this sense that I could get the same group together every week and negotiate such a simple system. I think, yeah. I think that's a book clubable game, easy. And I believe you said that my Knizia probation for top six list goes to about 2026. So I left Knizia games off of mine, and I'll just whisper into the camera, every Knizia game ah. is a book club. <laughs> All right, so hit me with your number six, officially on the list now. On the list. My number six is Root. Ooh, that's a great answer. I, I and I, I could see it a lot of different ways, right? Um, I could see the same, you know, four people. I think you'd want the full four to be doing this, you know, consistently. Yeah. I could see them playing the same roles every time, 
and just you learn your faction. Yeah, and you just run you that. just you just are the Woodland Alliance. I love it. And we know he loves to kind of get into the middle of the map and blow mm. stuff up and you know and and really learn people that way. Or you could even do like a hey, we know every time we get together we hit the the root randomizer and you get what you get and you gotta you know adjust to it. I love but, that. But uh, yeah, the asymmetry that that war idea we're gonna get together um and see who the greatest woodland critter is i think you could you i i think that would have legs root missed my list but i think what this concept is showing me is how much i want to kind of thin out my collection to some of these games and really invest into these like book clubbable games I wish I could, but I'm addicted and I can't stop it. I love Root, and the fact that I didn't put it on my list, like that that should that should speak to people. So yeah, to the people. Do you guys realize what you're witnessing? I'm gonna go six and five, so we're gonna snake it a little bit, partly oh, okay. because this number six is also one I already mentioned because it is near and dear to my heart, and I think it's near and dear to a lot of people who play board games, and it's Settlers of Catan. It's such a breakout, pretty easy to teach. There's a I, I lot of groups barrier. that play this often and yeah. only this. I think it has had such staying power in the board game industry. I, I couldn't possibly leave it off of my list. There's a reason it's number six is because, you know, it, it it's a pretty split community for Catan, I think. You know, um, my frustration with Catan is because this is true of Catan. Yeah, exactly. There are people who play it so often and love it and seem to, like, not play anything else. Mm-hmm. That there's that part of me that's like, try other games. But I have to admit, it clearly offers that to people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go to number five. Number five for me is a game that might be on your list. I'd be surprised if it isn't. Uh, PAX Premier 2nd Edition. Hmm. That was a game that we played. I was surprised at the speed of it and and kind yeah. of learning how everyone played. Uh, that was you, me, Logan, and Barry playing that together. Yeah. And... I loved it. I wanted to play it again. I wanted to see how people changed their strategies with kind of the the card rows and with. uh, I can't remember exactly the way that everything worked, but there was the warfare element of it. There was the card buying of it. There was there was a little bit of not really exact bluffing going on, but there was some bluffing going on with. like whether or not you were going to move into an area on your turn, mm. how you were going to take over an area. I think you could learn people's strategies in that game, but I think you could shift them very easily too. There's so many subtleties to that game. You know, you could have um, kind of like one of those assassin type of cards out and with no intention of ever using it, but yeah. everybody sees that you have it. You know what I mean? It, it, it's an amazing game. And I think we needed that first play to, to fully learn the game. It would be a shame if we don't play a second one really Pretty soon, I would say, even yeah. because you want to, you don't want to be relearning it every time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love that's it. a great one. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is Teach You, and Never I'm kind of using that. it as a stand-in for card games and trick-taking games. Like we referenced, how we have a friend whose parents have a mm-hmm. an ongoing euchre, another couple they play euchre with, and I think that card games, trick-taking games, really lend themselves to this. It's oh, like. Yeah. You know, we're going to learn the rule set. We all know it. We don't have to teach it to each other. We just need a deck of cards. In this case, a Tichu deck, which is not so much different from a regular deck of cards. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're just gonna play this every time. I chose Tichu instead of some others. I game like Haggis um, or just some other games that come to mind because of the team. A lot, a lot of these games have a team base. Yeah. I, I like the idea of having you a team. You said that was your stand-in for trick-taking? 
Yeah. So Cat in the Box isn't on this list. Uh, I love Cat in the Box. I uh, Cat in the Box to me is an experience. I don't know that I would be doing that every week. It's mm. kind of like I'd rather be playing Tichu or Euchre or mm. something like that every okay. week. And then every once in a while I'll be like, hey, you guys want to try some Cat in the Box? And really yeah. just like throw a, a little, I like little mix up in there. More of an yeah. excursion type of a thing. <laughs> something you do every once in a while. Yeah. All right. Um, why don't you hit me with your number four? We'll kind of snake it. Like okay. We've been doing. This is my my big co-op and it's the game spirit island Ooh. and i've said before that i think spirit island is more of a uh like a game console than it is just a game <laughs> because the way that you can plug in yeah you know i'm gonna choose a different character or spirit um but you can plug in um different opponents that like play that. differently you're gonna always have the same general backbone of a game but you you can really add a lot of different things and especially when you get the expansions in there and stuff it can get really uh, unique, but again, almost similar to Root. It's like you could just be the same spirit. We could, for the next year, let's just yeah. have you be this spirit. Let's let's see how well this team works. Whereas Root, we're all against each other here. It's like how good mm. can we get at synergizing these powers? I like that. And you know how much can we crush and how much can we turn the difficulty? I up? love that. I love the idea that it's like flexible. You could be the same faction or the same spirit every time with spirit Island, or you could play a different one every time and yeah. you could get that a, a different type, but the same amount of fun out of either of those engines. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. that idea. Uh, number four for me, I do not have the Canizia ban as Rodney does. So number four for me is Babylonia. Um, I remember the first time you and I played that. And the first time we played it with Barry and Jake and it was so snappy and we all it all clicked for us the game was relatively close yeah. um and we were like oh man if we played again i'd do that differently just that one move and that might have won me the game and that's kind of why it fits into my book club yeah. category is because like you could you could look back over a game see how you did it differently take a completely different yeah. strategy with the scoring with the chaining of your network and everything like that like it's such a simple game, but again, it has kind of that versatility where you could take it one way or the other, Yeah. Um, how aggressive you are. I Yeah, Babylonia is almost like four-player chess in a, in a sense to me, and I would I would definitely put that in a list of Permission to games. respond yeah, to your yeah. thoughts about Reiner Kanitia? My thoughts? No, do I have your permission? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Permission granted. He, see, he's seen being so nice on camera, but he hit me so hard so many times. I said I would never forgive him. In the neck, face, and back. Oh. After I, I, I don't remember that. that. I must have blacked out. Um, Canizia seems to have these classics that are like just unassailable, mm -hmm. amazing designs. Something like, I always bring up Tigris and Euphrates, but I think Yellow and Yangtze, you know. Um, and then he has like this next tier where it's like, these are not classics, but oh my gosh, don't sleep on that. Yeah. And I think Babylonia is right in there. It's like, yeah. dude, don't, okay, it doesn't have to be as good as, you know, Yellow and Yangtze, Tigris and Euphrates, but oh my, like play it and play it a lot. Yeah. So that was my number four. I agree completely. Uh, thanks for asking permission, but you know, you've earned some Canizia credits there. So <laughs> Thank you. save them up. Number I'm three for me. use them to get you to play uh, Mille Fiore, which is coming in the mail. That's fine. So, okay. You don't have to use them there. Uh, number three for me is a game that we have played recently. Uh, it is a big fighty game where you're battling each other and battling monsters. Almost. Did. Looking for control of yeah. the village. Village? Island? Who knows? Dwellings of Eldervale. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved it. 
Uh, I love the idea where you can flip your player board and have the different, uh, you know, the different powers for each of your other meeples. Mm -hmm. I liked how versatile it is with the map coming out and the different cards. Um, I think you could learn people's strategies pretty easy in that game. You know, are they going to go really hard in one element? Are they going to spread themselves out over the different elements? How are they going to fight? That is... Uh, it, that might have been number one if it wasn't for these other two games that are that are going to show up because that Sorry, is that, so... That is how this works is your number three would have been number one except for number two. <laughs> yeah, that's quite literally how it but, is. But you you like it that much. You, you I like it If enough. someone had said, hey, do you want to do a, a board game book club, you choose the game... You could have seen yourself picking that. Yes, and then absolutely. You thought of these other two. But. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry for the redundancy there with my comment. Um, no, uh, Dwellings of Eldervale is awesome. I know you love it a lot too. Yeah, and I, and I didn't put it on here. Maybe I just thought of like the the setup, mm. you know. But whatever. I mean, but if you're playing at the same day, same time every week, it doesn't become a bear because you're setting it up every time yeah. every week and. Who knows? Also not the easiest to find, but 100% sure. yes. And I think... Uh, These are all no holds barred, right? Like no, money's no object. Sure. The availability of the game doesn't matter. Well, and and if... Honestly, even buying a secondhand copy of something like Glory to Rome, which is way too expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you think that you're going to have the same group play it every week for Make the a year or something, then I think that's worth whatever, you know. But yeah, do it. Dwellings of Eldervale is amazing. And I think w- what I come away with every time is... I just want to try these different factions. Yeah. I really want to do And I know that's kind of been a theme, but in the other games, I said I want to do the same one. With Eldervale, I think I'd really want to be mixing it up every time. These the, the games that fall into this book club for us seem to be either games that have a faction where you have different powers or games that are totally beige where you only can do the <laughs> same thing as everyone else. It's funny how it's playing out like that. Yeah, that's funny. What's your number three and two? Uh, my number three is War of the Ring, the card game. Mm. And it's because... Um, I'm a real purist on this concept that Connor came up with three weeks ago. I've always been a traditionalist on mm-hmm. it, and I don't think two-player games are a book club. So I, I War of the Ring. Like you you said it uh, in, in something we recorded tonight that you know War of the Ring. You know that could be for just another person. The card game again it has that team element mm-hmm. in a card game, which I love. Um, I think it could be swingy. It has those feel bad moments where you're like, well, I just can't do anything because the cards I have, but the plays I've had of it, it's like, ooh, this is some token in a box, and I love it, mm-hmm. and and it's a card game, and, I, and it gives you some of that feeling of, like, you know, I can actually beat what you just put on the table, yeah. and, and, you know, I can, I can synergize, and I can have some chains, and I can do different things like that, and I can get Saruman beefed up. like Yeah, did, dude, you know? attach and, those items! And, 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 <laughs> and every play is going to be different, yeah. and you're doing the kind of that retelling of, of the story in a different way. Yeah. I uh, this is another one where if our list went to ten, that that would have made my list as well because we've played that maybe three or four times, two ish, two or three times more than we've played a lot of games. That's actually, right. unfortunately, it's, the, it's the, twice the amount. It's the third most played game in my collection. No, <laughs> something like that. Close. <laughs> What's your number two? Uh, I went with Pax Pamir second edition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you acted no. like it wasn't on your list. I um, everything you said. Uh, I I think. If you were to get your shovel out and start digging, I don't know how deep that game goes, right? In terms mm. of the actual gamesmanship of it, you know? Yeah, um, you gaming know, the game. You and I are, are both on the same side, but like in my head, I know I'm going to backstab yeah. the second I get a chance. And 
the betrayal. That's what I was trying to think yeah. of with the kind of the bluffing. You know, are you on my team or are you not? I, it, I loved that about it, it. It's so interesting because a game that is literally just um, cards and a tiny map, a tiny map, and you know the the map matters, but it, for in our first play at least, it was a lot of like, okay, who's he got in front of him and what's he got going, and, mm. and is that the closest card to me if I were to go to attack him, or yeah. is, is that one just that card he basically just has out to protect against the, the one next to it you know I, I we're talking basically without nouns right now about a game but it just <laughs> has uh it has so much and yeah. i imagine it has actually more than i think it does i think so too i completely agree um would have been higher on my list if it wasn't for the other ones <laughs> i really like saying that no it should be your your catchphrase now number two for me is what i think is actually your number one I You're, think it's not. You don't know my number one. I've never played it. I don't know it. Uh, number two for me is a game that is widely known in the board game hobby and widely considered, you know, to be in like basically every board game lover's collection. Uh, it's talked about so often. It's kind of made fun of sometimes. It's Hansa Teutonica. Mm. Uh, m- maybe, maybe the most globally book clubbable game. Like if you went around and talked to different reviewers and and content creators and just board gamers, they might. They might put that as their number one. I hear it revered and talked about so highly yeah. so often that it, it couldn't possibly not be on my list. When I think about playing it and I'm just around a table and it's kind of like, I'm going to plop this cube down here and block you and da-da-da, but the kind of actions are usually pretty quick. Yeah. And you're going, but you're seeing things happen. And you're like, oh, really? You're going to make me spend? Yeah. Lots of moments for a game mm-hmm. that beige. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... I imagine it's not your number one. You said I didn't know it. So, uh, number one for me is uh, an aforementioned game. It's Glory to Realm. I absolutely, part of it is just my love for the one play that we had. I thought it was so fun. It clicked for me so well, and I can imagine it's wor- it was worth the hype. You know, that was one game out of plenty of games that we've played that we've heard a lot about, and I I had low expectations for it, and it just absolutely knocked it out of the park for me. And I can see why that's true for other people. I can see why it's so highly sought after, not just because it's out of print, but I can imagine, you know, a book club game of books that are really hard to find, right? Glory to yeah. could be one of those too. What do you think? I, I, like you said, I had every intention of selling that as soon as we got done playing it. Uh, what's funny is I had my mind made up on that. You seem to have your mind made up. We even have a, a top six list of, of out of print games. And you said on that, I think that game's overrated. Yeah. Then Without having played, played it. Well, yeah, but you know, then we played it and it was like, okay, it still is too expensive for what it is, and what it is is really awesome. Yeah. And I think we'll keep it a lot to mm-hmm. it. So yeah. It's my honorable mention. I, uh, yeah, 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 I feel yeah. strongly about it. So mysterious number one. What is it? I got cheeky again. You put six Reiner Knizia. No, nope, I did not. I did not. I didn't I'm not using my credits up that quick. Um I'm gonna attempt something really, uh, in, really. I don't like where this is headed <laughs> at all. Hitherto un, unseen in our top sixes. Um, you remember the dress picture? Is it blue and black or is it white and gold? Yeah. Right. You remember what were the sounds? It was like Yanni and Laurel yep. or something. That's Yanni exactly what they were. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that my number one on my list is the number one game of all time according to BGG. And if you're a Euro gamer, you're gonna hear that you're gonna hear Brass Birmingham. Brass. And if you're like a big, you know, co-op 
dungeon crawl, more Ameritrash, you're going to hear Gloomhaven. And it's so ominous. I'm going to say it in the camera. Number one game of all time Brass on CGG, <laughs> and you're just you you heard what you yeah what you heard right, mm-hmm. uh, and as much as that's a, a very stupid joke I just did, I I can believe in both of those games. I know your Brass Birmingham again one play, and I we should say it didn't grab you for sure that one play. It we played it wrong in some ways. I'm still and Brass I Birmingham curious, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not interested in getting it right. I wonder if yeah. that's still true for you if we played it again. But I used to do this with Oceans, and then I sold it. So, um, yeah, I do think that a lot of what makes Euro games stick for people is present in that game. You're, you get the map, you're playing a card out to, to do what you're gonna do, but you're gonna you're gonna maximize your production in some industry to hopefully hit when the market's just right and sell and da 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 mm-hmm. player interaction which we missed out on with some rule goofs yeah. um I, I think you'd have a lot of that you'd be, you'd be playing your your people gloomhaven i've only ever played a one-off dungeon Never. crawl of it and my my thought was oh i get it i, get, I see the light I, I get why people <laughs> would say this is the greatest game of all time yeah and i'll never own it i'll never do it because the way i am don't play these games over and over. I don't it's play not the same in your game book club, but you can see why it's so book. I think it's exact. I think if you're going to own Gloomhaven, you better have a Gloomhaven book club. Yeah, you better have the same. You group need to yeah. over and over and over again. And if you do, I think you're going to be wowed at what that design really is and how yeah. they like tied it all together. Like, oh my gosh, this is like a video game. It's yeah. amazing. Um, and if you're not doing that, I think you've just got a really expensive box on your shelf. Yeah, that's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so whatever you're into, you know, yeah. uh, Gloom Birmingham or Brass Haven, whichever one you want to get into. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. That's our top six. That is our podcast on book clubable games, book club games in general. Thanks for listening. And I actually, mm-hmm. admittedly, don't have my top six completely sussed out, so I'll get that written down while you get the video Classic, going. Huh? Classic. But I don't know if they'd be my club, but I just recognize they, oh, they, they could really... Mine or my club. Oh, you ding-dong. What? Well, I can redo it. It's not I done. Don't know. We'll read the text later. We'll read the text? You said not. That wasn't what we were doing. You said more book clubable, not the games you'd want to be in the book club. Of. I didn't see those as different at all. Ah, you butt cheek. All right.